There are some very unsettling moments in the life of Jesus that have absolutely intrigued me over the years. One takes place in the very first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Christ has healed some people. He's cast out some foul spirits from people. And the fruit of that is the next morning, the entire village shows up to connect with Jesus. And the disciples can't find him. (laughs) He's gone. (laughs) He's gone. He's got up. He left. And they go out and they find him out in the woods somewhere praying. And they're like, hey, the whole town is here. Like, check it out. Like, this thing is gaining momentum. Woohoo! You know, here we go. The revolution's starting. And Jesus says, you know, we ought to leave and go to some other villages. And you're like, what? Like, you, you did the deal. It made the impression. Now you've got a following and you're leaving? Christ's ability to love so freely without obligation, without attachments, without false dependencies. It's just extraordinary, and it's actually very disruptive. Welcome back to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John Eldridge, Alex Burton, Alan Arnold again. This is the second half of a conversation about caring, about empathy, about compassion, and particularly about the need to consecrate that capacity in us to Jesus on a pretty regular basis. Coming back from the first half of our conversation, what's on your heart? Like, what are you thinking about? What do you want folks to know that you think would be like super helpful? So John and Alex, what I really want today is more of how do we approach others with an awakened heart that doesn't then get numb from the very reason it was set free. For me, it's an Isaiah 61 journey, meaning Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. So when we start following Jesus and our hearts begin to be healed, we have that awakened heart. We want to care for others. We're set free to help them be set free. And I think that actually sets us on a journey that in some ways doesn't get easier, but gets harder. Because before that, when your heart is relatively numb, you're not really all that empathetic to people. You kind of hope they get their act together so it's easier in your world. But once your heart is set free, I think you can feel the hearts of others more. Okay, this is big that you said that it grows because I think it does grow. That's the dilemma is that for the human being whose life is being restored by Jesus Christ, your capacities grow. I think your capacities for creativity grow. I think your capacities for joy grow, right? Your capacities for laughter and play grow. Well, so does your capacity for caring, right? Right there in the epicenter of God's own heart, right? We grow, we get a bigger heart, right? And and then what do you do with that, with the, the world as we were describing it in the first half, which is the pain, trauma, suffering, and heartache of every single community on the planet is delivered into your inbox on a pretty regular basis. Mm -hmm. What do you do? For me, this is kind of a disruptive conversation because being someone who is more bent toward empathy. It's a strength of yours. It's a strength of mine, right? 
yesterday, John, you had, you had said, hey guys, let's do this podcast and it'll be on consecrating empathy. And so last night and this morning, as I was thinking into this, the question that came to me is, okay, well, what does, what does unconsecrated empathy hmm. look, look like in me? And, um, Man, just in the last, you know, twelve hours, um, the even down to the little things, I've started to see of like where this can go awry for me because it's not it's not so much a matter for me of oh man, I need a greater capacity of empathy. I actually need my my empathy reined in, like need to put some reins on that thing. And, and so, you know, I think it was really interesting as I was processing this, the, I'll share this statement and then hopefully be able to give some kind of example of what this looks like. But what I really started to see is, man, when my empathy is unconsecrated, it actually prevents me from loving well, especially when it looks like a loving confrontation. And and so just by by way of example, so this this year we decided to do staff annual reviews. And one of the things we're we're trying to be more intentional with is constructive feedback when we do those. Gosh, it's funny you should bring that up, Alex. Yeah, I've been right. wanting to talk to you. <laughs> do you mind if we do that on air right yeah, now? Yeah, shoot, buddy. <laughs> Um, and so, so man, I, so looking back at my history of, I've, I've managed people from, so 1999 was my first time having an employee, right? Under my care. And this is the first year that I actually gave constructive feedback. Mm. And as I was thinking about this category, the realization was I'm sitting there most of the time in most of those meetings over the years of, of an annual review with an employee, empathizing with them on, man, they've got a difficult job and they do these great things for us. And I really like, my heart is for, oh man, I want to honor that. And mm. I, I have a lot of empathy for for the challenges that they face. And, and it's prevented me from having some loving, constructive feedback in those moments. And so that, that was a new, new category this year as I've been more deeply trying to understand this category of consecrating my empathy. Yeah, so. yeah. We're not talking about cynicism. We're not talking yeah. about resignation. We're not talking about, I'm pulling back, man. You, you handle mm -hmm. your own deal. Mm -hmm. We're saying this is an extraordinarily beautiful gift mm -hmm. and capacity that needs to be reined in mm -hmm. to Christ and allowed with his beautiful freedom to be applied where he is applying it. And I think we would add only right. where he is applying it. Because one of the great burdens, I'm looking at some of my notes I took here, one of the great burdens uh, of the, this current moment in culture, the cultural vibe right now is we are expected to care about everything. Mm -hmm. Right. F from the, the latest environmental thing to, hey, did you know that, you know, the chocolate that you eat is actually, you know, harvested by slave labor what? I oh no! I got to stop that now. And right. hey, you know, did you know that your carbon footprint 
is actually accelerating the decline of the rainforest. You, you need to change the vehicle you drive. You know, oh, really? I, I can't afford another car right now, let alone a hybrid car. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's way outside. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. But the cultural milieu is you better. Mm-hmm. You, that is the ethos right now is we are supposed to care about everything. And if mm-hmm. you don't care about everything, you're kind of a morally deficient human being, <laughs> right? Right. You're just a little hard-hearted, and that's not realistic. Right. I think what's happening in the world is within the caring profession, there is a phrase called compassion fatigue. And it, it's an actual phenomenon. Psychologists are trained kind of how to identify it and address it, particularly in caregiver situations. Mm. Compassion fatigue, where you're just like, I, I'm burnt. Mm. I, I'm burnt out. I'm toasted. And I can't do this anymore. That the turnover rate, for example, of social service workers is somewhere between 30 and 45% annually. And the, the child welfare world, two years mm. is the, the usual duration of somebody that's working in social services and child welfare. Inner city teachers, same thing. Mm. Inner city schools will lose half of their teaching staff in two years. That just the turnover rates are so high. Why? Compassion fatigue, empathy mm. fatigue. You mm. ju- there's just too much. The, the, the brokenness, the heartache, the trauma is too much. But now, gang, that compassion fatigue phenomenon has moved way outside those very intense professions. Right. That's, I think it's now affecting the human race. Right. I really do. And I, I'm going to be one of those people that kind of waves the yeah. flag and goes, time out, time out. Do you realize what you are doing to the human race by asking everyone to care about everything all the time? Yeah. John, was, uh, the other day you had, you had mentioned something around social media and it's some of the studies on the effects of it that sound like that compassion fatigue that you're talking about. Okay, this about is super disturbing. With depression and anxiety? Yeah. So it, now they can correlate directly. There is a direct correlation to the increase of depression and anxiety in human beings, particularly young people, and their use of social media. Mm. It's a one-to-one correlation that depression and anxiety increases in human hearts to the degree that people are on, use, participate, social media. Mm. You just aren't expected to care about everything, gang. Like, we have wonderful news for you. <laughs> this, is, this is a life raft, gang. Like, this, this podcast is actually meant to be a life raft. We have some phenomenal mm. news for you. That actually is not your job. Yeah, You are not designed as a finite human being, as a limited soul, You are actually not designed and therefore not required to care about everything. So what does that look like? So you're in a boat and mythically you see hundreds of people out there and they all are going down and they all are crying out for your attention and they all need help. And we know we instinctively, we know we can't help all of them. And so there's stress and anxiety can start to build up because of that or guilt But John, what is the first step in knowing what should I do or shouldn't I do? That's why we're talking (laughs) about consecration, right? That's why you know that the approach of Ransomed Heart is it is impossible to memorize enough principles 
to navigate human experience. Instead, you have God, mm-hmm. and you have intimacy with God, and you have life with God, and that's why we're coming in through that door. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out, Cloudon Townsend's book, Boundaries, has sold Jigawillions. And that, is that an actual, is that, that a num- number? <laughs> Jigawillions. Jigawillions. Yeah, it's a little more than millions. Quite to my vocabulary yeah. here. Under yeah. billions. <laughs> In between millions and billions is Jigawillions. <laughs> And, and I'm looking at that phenomenon and going, do you see? Like, people are craving, my gosh, someone tell me where to draw the limits on this thing. Like, how to create, like, healthy parameters around our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, what we're trying to offer is, it begins by consecrating your empathy. Bring that caring mm-hmm. capacity back under Jesus. And then learning to ask him, Lord. Right. You want me to get involved in this? Do you? It, it's it's absolutely no different than your giving, right? Like I love charitable giving. Absolutely love it. it. Gives me so much joy. Love giving to causes. Love being a part of helping out. I love it. But in, none of us have you know a, a unending bank account to. You can just keep doing that. Hmm. You have a limited budget to do your charitable giving. And when it's over, it's over. Mm. It just is. And what we're trying to say is, gang, your empathy is absolutely no different than that. And asking Jesus to guide you, where am I supposed to be involved right now? What am I, what do you want me literally to care about? Right. Like, as you were saying, Alex, rein this thing in, Lord. Shepherd this, guide this. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny you say that because uh, when I knew this podcast was coming, like almost right on the heels of that, um, I was checking email and I got an email from an old friend. We haven't talked in quite a while, but our our wives stay in touch, and so there's, you know, I hear how things are going, and and I really love this man, but we don't we don't get to spend much time together. And he sent me an email that he sent to several people just saying, hey, we're going to do this gathering with a missionary. And I'd heard that he had started helping a missionary in South America doing some engineering type projects. And and um, and the email was kind of this plea for, hey, please come to our house and hear what's happening and and um you know, really important things, rescuing communities. And so it's tugging on my heart and, and Oh, Mr. Empathy over uh, right here. And and to and to boot, it's it's uh it's an old friend that I care about that I haven't touched base with in a in a long time. So I'm feeling that like, oh, I, I really should go to this. Like I, I don't I don't want to let him down and I and I'm sitting there feeling like, you know, I should care about people in South America too. And um And come on, it's mission. Yes, right. Yeah, it's got God's in it, right? Yeah, all over <laughs> it. But I was paying attention, right? I was paying attention in the moment and caught myself and I just went, God, you want me to go to that? And uh he's like, No. <laughs> do you realize like that that week so my my daughter's an Irish dancer and this is that week is St. Patrick's week that's coming up and she's going to be dancing all over the place and it's a it's a nutty time for our family right. and and he's like no I don't want you to go hmm. 
And and so to to walk with God in that and then to go, you know, part of me feels bad, like won't come through for my friend. Mm. Um, but in the moment too, to just go, you know what, Jesus, I've released them to you. Mm. Release that to you. Let it go. And I bless them. And I move on. And just just the freedom of heart. Like, I don't need to feel bad about it. I'm walking with God. Yep. He, he loves God. He understands. And as you um, consecrate your yeah. empathy, like you're saying, you probably will say no to more things right. than yes, simply because there's not enough hours in the day yes. to say yes to everything that comes in. And you'll, you'll ultimately go numb. I think right. your heart will shut down at some point. But what do you say to the guy or gal listening who their problem isn't too much empathy, but there's those listening who if they did the strength finder test and there were 45 categories, empathy would be 44, 45, not number one or number two. Who, like, what person could possibly be in that ca- category? <laughs> like, I just can't well, imagine. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm talking about myself here some, yeah. <laughs> although, although I've grown in empathy, but, but I know for me, it was the challenge early on in my walk with God was how does empathy increase? And, and so I just want to touch on that for a little bit for listeners, because mm-hmm. I think there is a group that they don't need to say no to more things. It's, it's actually, as they consecrate empathy, it may be understanding how to have more empathy. Yeah. So what would you say to them? Well, and I, that's the warning that we ended last week in. I, I, in Matthew, I think it's 24, where Jesus says, the love of many will grow cold at the end mm. of the age because they're going to just be overwhelmed by what evil's doing on the earth. And you, you just get to a place of cynicism and resignation and checking out, and I, I just can't handle that. Or I'm, you know, for a variety of reasons, whether it's personality type or, a formerly very empathetic person who now is just just absolutely numb by investing too much. I think what you're describing is a growing category of people. Jesus, heal my empathy. Heal my Good. caring capacity. It's the same act of consecration. Yeah. It's the same act. But for that person, what Christ needs to do is restore it, and some people even reawaken it. Right. Right. Because there's, I think there's some highly driven, productive people, and it could be a husband and wife, and the wife is trying to share a really heartfelt thing with her husband. And like a lot of guys, the guy wants to fix it. Well, that's not empathy. That's let's be efficient and get this thing resolved and move on. Mm -hmm. And so even in marriages, you know, sometimes it's a good barometer maybe to ask your spouse, how empathetic do you think I am? Because the world is overwhelming. And yet, if we don't have empathy for those closest to us, we're probably not going to have it for the wells that need to be, you know, done in Africa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, a couple of years ago, God began to say something to me pretty consistently in various times of listening prayer. And the phrase that he began to say to me was, give everyone and everything to me. Mm. And he would answer that when I was asking completely different questions, <laughs> Jesus, you know, do you want us to have, you know, my folks over? Jesus, should we go to Australia on a mission trip? Jesus, whatever, just variety of questions. And Jesus would start with, give everyone and everything to me. I'm like, yeah, 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 I got that. Okay. 
quit saying that. Like, <laughs> and I realized over time that the reason that he was repeating it was I actually had no idea how much I was carrying. And it really was making me cynical and kind of resigned to the suffering of the world because I actually was carrying a lot. And it was only as I began this practice now that we're encouraging folks, give everything and everyone to Jesus on a regular basis. Just that act of, of benevolent detachment, it was kindness and love. I just give this to you. You are God, I am not. Hmm. Has been enormously freeing for me and has allowed for caring and empathy and compassion to kind of come up hmm. from being overwhelmed and buried by the world. I am an intervener. It is like so deep in my nature. And the problem with that gifting is I intervene too much. And then you get burned out and you get mm -hmm. cynical and you get resigned. And, and so Jesus began a couple years ago, and now I'm finally beginning to align with it and say, right, I can't love well. I can't love well until my loving is in alignment with your loving. And so I give everyone and everything to you, God. I release it. Now, show me where you want me involved in everything from my time to returning a phone call to making room for a meeting to our charitable giving to our prayers. And this has been a fascinating thing for me, even in prayer. I will actually stop. You know, you get these prayer texts, right? That's Everybody's figured out that you can mobilize prayer through texting. And so you get the group prayer text, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, you look on it and it's got 27 people and you're included. And, you know, Debbie's going in for surgery, you know, in two hours, pray or whatever it is, right? Pause, Jesus. I said, just pause, Jesus. And the number of times Jesus says to me, I got this one. You don't need me to pray? Nope, it's covered. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm moving on to the next thing. Well, interesting, too, that he's got it, and he's probably got it through other people, right? Because there's other right. people that hopefully are asking that same question. Jesus goes, yeah, I do want you to exactly. pray. Exactly. Or I do want you to exactly. intervene. And for us to trust, like, hey, I'm not the only one, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it ain't all up to me. Right. There are other boats in the water that can rescue those people who Wait, are drowning. Wait, it's not all up to us? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me offer one more thing here in the second part of this this two-part conversation about consecrating empathy. If you are along the line of the caring spectrum of personality types, you care, you carry, you have empathy, you have compassion, the ability for your soul to form soul ties with people is actually yeah. higher. Yeah, It's higher than the person who's checked out. And that's why the person who's checked out looks so free. Now, they're not free because they got to deal with things like resignation and such, but they don't have a bunch of empathetic ties. Mm -hmm. Empathetic ties, gang. Yeah. Empathetic ties. If you are involved in a prayer ministry, if you are in counseling, if you intervene for friends, family, if you do healing prayer with people, if you simply are that soul that really cares deeply, I'll guarantee you, you have empathetic ties. Mm -hmm. And on a regular basis, you need to break those ties through the cross of Christ. 
Galatians 6.14, Paul says, I boast in nothing but the cross of my Lord, through which I am crucified to the world and the world to me. Now, the Greek there for world means the entire human family. Hmm. The cross has changed everything. And it is meant to reorganize and heal and rearrange human relationships, right? Making everything healthy and creating the cross and boundaries between things that are not healthy. Empathetic ties. You will want to bring the cross between you and those that you are intervening for or supporting or caring or that you have invited to live in your home or that you serve weekly down at the kitchen, or whatever whatever it is, where right? Right. Oh, it's huge. And John, we've got a great resource on that, an audio resource, Soul Ties. Mm-hmm. And so the week of this podcast, we'll just put that up for free. People can go to our store. They can get that for free. Awesome. And listen to that if they want to know more about what that means yeah. and how to break free. Yeah. yeah. Gang, The good news is you're actually not supposed to care about everything. Now, I know the world is telling you, and it really preys upon Christians in particular, and even Christian young people. All three of our sons went to Christian colleges, and they got absolutely inundated with the pain of the world. You know, every week in chapel, it's the next heartache, the next mission, the next purpose, the next justice cause. That It's impossible. That's, you can't, you shouldn't do that to human beings. You are not created to care about everything. You simply can't. And so by rededicating, realigning, consecrating your caring, your compassion, your gift of empathy on a regular basis, I actually do it every day in my daily prayer now, you will find a new freedom to follow Jesus into where he has you, caring, investing, loving, and frankly, where He doesn't have you to do that. We thought this conversation would be helpful. You've been listening to the second part in a series on consecrating empathy with Alex and Alan and John here on the Ransomed Heart Podcast. 